2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. We are back, and we are back to stay, and we are returning here in a big way. We are back on this Monday, which will only mean one thing the fight for Monday night. We're going to go back in time and talk about Monday Night Raw from 1996. We're going to be also talking about the current product. We're going to be talking about AEW. We're going to be talking about SmackDown. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw. We're going to be talking about Ring of Honor. We got a lot to talk about today, so stay tuned. But before we get into today's show, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you for all you great motherfuckers who've been riding with me since day one and been riding with me since this whole fucking hiatus where everything that was going down with my son, you guys stay true. You guys were messaging me. You guys were hanging out. You guys were still there. And thank you so much because we are back and we wouldn't be back if it wasn't for all your support. So thank you so much for all my passengers from all over the fucking globe. I'm talking about Germany, Ireland, the UK, America, Canada, Mexico, Philippines. Chile, I could go on and on and on. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got a lot of great shit coming. Like I said, we're back for good. So expect an episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday like we were doing before the hiatus. Enough talking. Let's get into this Superstack show right now. Thank you for joining me, everybody, on this Monday morning, the Monday before the big holiday weekend. Thank you so much, everybody. For inviting me into your morning routine. I salute you guys. Thank you so much. We have a lot that we missed. And I'm not going to be able to cover it all. So don't, you know, don't hit me up in the Instagram and the Twitters and be like, Hey, motherfucker, you didn't talk about MLW, as Azteca Warfare, blah, 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 You know, fuck that. All right, we ain't talking about everything, all right? I'll talk about what I want to talk about, all right? When we start going into a more consistent groove here, then I will talk about the current shit. But I got a lot of catching up to talk about. So I will be talking about AEW the last couple of weeks. I will be talking about the crazy ass, amazing 60-minute time limit draw between Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page. I will be talking about Winter is coming. I will be talking about Ring of Honor's final battle, which many think will be the very last ever Ring of Honor event. I will be talking about the signings of Brody King, the possible signings of the Briscoe Brothers to AEW. There's a lot to talk about. So Let's start, you know, and by the way, I'm not doing no full show routines. This is this is not anything routine. This is just going to be right off the bat. I'm just going to tell you my quick thoughts on everything, all right? Start out with Ring of Honor. Now, I talked a lot about Ring of Honor leading up to the show, being that it is the final battle. There is that little gleam of hope. There's little, 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 tiny, tiny, tiny little light at the end of the tunnel where many people think that doesn't exist but there is that little gleam of hope that AEW not AEW that Ring of Honor will be coming back in April of next year will that happen I don't know how it will happen they fired the whole fucking roster they're looking to sell the videotape library the pillars of Ring of Honor are gone there probably won't be no TV deal they would probably have to put their pay-per-views on fight it's going to be hard for them to come back and regain the status that they had or that they once had. Because you don't just go away for four months, fire everybody, sell your video library and say, hey, we're back. And everything goes back to normal. The Briscoe brothers ain't going to be like, oh, yeah, we love it here in AEW. Oh, fuck. You can't wrestle here no more. Ring of Honor's back. We got to go back to Ring of Honor. That don't happen. The way I see Ring of Honor working if they come back. My bad. The way I see Ring of Honor working is they got to get off their fucking high horse. And I'm not talking about Ring of Honor itself. I'm talking about Sinclair management. Sinclair broadcasting. Sinclair cannot be all, you know. If they want to invest in this company, if they want this company to make them money, they got to go all in. I'm not saying below the budget. I'm not saying put everybody in Ring of Honor. I'm not saying put millions into Ring of Honor. But here's what Ring of Honor does need. They need their owners to believe in them. Ring of Honor also needs to partner up. AEW was announced. AEW was talked about for the first time on Ring of Honor. Final battle. You know. There's something to be said with this Forbidden Door policy in wrestling. AEW working with Impact. AEW working with New Japan Pro Wrestling. AAA working with Impact Wrestling. New Japan working with Impact Wrestling. Everybody working with GCW. Why wasn't Ring of Honor a part of that? Why wasn't Ring of Honor sharing talent and bringing in talent? Now, imagine the partnership with AEW was not with Impact Wrestling. Imagine if that shit was with Ring of Honor. Instead of Kenny Omega winning the Impact Wrestling title, Kenny Omega wins the Ring of Honor title. I think that would have generated enough buzz that Ring of Honor needs to start selling out crowds and getting back to where they were. If... Ring of Honor, and I'm not saying, I mean, who knows? Maybe AEW didn't go to Ring of Honor next them. But Ring of Honor seemed, for the last couple years, to kind of close the door on all partnerships. We've seen the New Japan partnership kind of fizzle out after the G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden. We've seen the partnership with CMLL kind of fizzle out. And then after that, they're on their own, while every other company in the world including the WWE had some sort of working relationship with another company. What does that tell me? That tells me that ring of honor did not feel like they needed another company. Ring of honor thought that they were a well enough established brand to be on their own, but guess what? Your roster dwindled. Now there's some great stars on ring of honor. I'm not going to fucking lie. But the roster dwindled. You had no people at these shows, even after everyone started bringing crowds back. And there was no buzz. There was no advertising. There was no anything. I remember when Ring of Honor came back with Best in the World. And they had people for the first time at Best in the World. And I went on a tirade about there was no buzz for that show. Ended up being a great show, but if a tree falls in the middle of the forest and no one is there to see it or hear it, did it ever happen? I mean, I don't know what to say, and you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. If no one knew the show was happening, who cares how great the show was? Final Battle was not that. Final Battle had a lot of buzz going into the show, but sadly it was for the wrong reason because the buzz coming into this show was because Ring of Honor was putting on their last show. The buzz coming into this show was, well, what's going to happen? It's Ring of Honor's final show. It's a shame that their final show, their last hoorah, had more buzz than any other thing that they did in the last two years. So, the future of Ring of Honor is unknown, but if we do indeed never see Ring of Honor again, I want to thank Ring of Honor for the memories, for their footprint in professional wrestling, because Ring of Honor, whether you love them or hate them, changed professional wrestling. They have more... Guys, coming there's more wrestlers that came from Ring of Honor and became well-established stars elsewhere than any other company ever before. You look at a company like ECW, you had a lot of stars coming out of ECW. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley, The Dudley Boys, Taz, Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, Sabu, as much as I love everyone who I just said. That does not compare to the amount of stars that Ring of Honor developed. The Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Jay Lethal, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Nigel McGuinness. That was yesteryear. Let's talk about more recently, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards. All these guys are who are on top right now. All these guys that I just mentioned got their start in Ring of Honor. Let's talk about the women of Ring of Honor, the women of honor. One name comes to mind. Sarah Del Rey, if you don't know what Sarah Del Rey's big, you know, contributions to professional wrestling is today, Sarah Del Rey was a standout wrestler in Ring of Honor, gets signed to the WWE as a coach, and she's the one who trained many of the women that are on top today. Without Sarah Del Rey's training, you don't have a Charlotte, you don't have a Sasha Banks, you don't have a Becky Lynch, you don't have a Bailey. That was Ring of Honor. And let's not forget that the style that Ring of Honor had was a style that was second to none and was completely different than everything else out. And who copied that style and made it bigger? NXT. Triple H fell in love with the Ring of Honor style, created NXT. And as NXT became... A global phenomenon. As NXT takeovers were the talk of the town during WrestleMania and SummerSlam weekends. They stole the essence of what the Ring of Honor was. As AEW came to be. NXT and AEW literally took every last megastar that that company had. Even Gabe Sapolsky, who was the head booker of the glory days of Ring of Honor, started working for NXT. So, the innovators often become imitated, but it was on Ring of Honor to adapt. And that's where the issue was, there was a lack of adaptation. They did not adapt. They continued on with their own style, with lesser known talent, and that killed the buzz. Not saying Ring of Honor should have changed. All I'm saying is you had no buzz. Once again, if no one knows the show's going on, you could have the greatest show ever. Who cares? No one watched. But anyway, I mean, I don't want to shit on them too much. This was a good show. Final Battle 2021, the final battle. The 18th final battle was a really good show. A damn good show. Some things that stood out to me. One, the fight without honor between Kenny King and Shane Taylor was a fucking... That was one hell of a battle. That was a war. Really cool to see Shane Taylor pick up the victory. Shane Taylor's going to be a star wherever he goes. Kenny King been killing it for many, many years. That was a hell of a match. And it meant a lot more seeing all the uh, African-American wrestlers in the ring at once. You know, black excellence. Beautiful thing. During the night, we had a lot of video... uh, I guess, videos sent in by former Ring of Honor alumni. Hangman Page, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Brian Danielson. That was a nice touch. The Briscoe Brothers win the last ever tag team titles. I mean, who else would you put the titles on for the last ever? The Briscoe Brothers were the personification of tag team wrestling for many years in Ring of Honor. And in independent wrestling to begin with. I mean... Briscoe Brothers been killing it. Also, you had what could be the start of an angle. The EC3 create your own narrative thing. We had the debut of Adam Scheer, the former Braun Strowman. That was cool. But the main event... Oh, by the way, I I skipped over FTR fucking coming out and brawling with the Briscoes. That's why I said it is foreseeing that FTR and the Briscoes will continue this feud in AEW, being that FTR is signed to AEW and Ring of Honor is no more. If AEW has the Briscoes, that just leads to a much deeper tag team division that I think is second to none. When you think Briscoes, FTR, the Young Bucks, the Best Friends, the Lucha Bros, um, yeah, it just goes on and on. You have such a, a proud and powerful, like, you have such a deep talent roster for AEW, and it just is about to get a whole lot deeper. Main event, Jonathan Gresham versus Jay Lethal. An amazing matchup. Jonathan Gresham is your last ever Ring of Honor champion. Well deserved. He is a superstar. This was a good show, like I said. I gave Final Battle a 9 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Definitely, definitely, definitely a good show. AEW Dynamite. Let's talk about Winter is Coming. This show was really dominated by one match and... The main event, well, it wasn't the main event, but it was the very first match of the night for the AEW World Champion, Bryan Danielson versus Hangman Page. They go to a 60-minute time limit draw. Now, I see a lot of people hating on this, saying that, oh, well, Bryan Danielson already has two draws now in AEW. The match with Kenny Omega was a draw, blah, 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 blah. I don't give a fuck. This matchup was a fucking classic. I enjoyed this matchup wholeheartedly. This matchup was absolutely amazing. If anybody hated on this matchup, you don't like professional wrestling. You're not a professional wrestling fan. Go watch something else. Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock, don't put on TNT because you're not a fan of wrestling. How could you hate on 60 minutes of just nonstop action now, yes, you add your commercial breaks, you add your slower points, that's to be expected. I would like to see you fucks try to go 60 minutes doing anything. These motherfuckers were out there busting their ass. And you know what the problem is? So many people are so quick to critique. It's like, yo, we just saw a fucking classic. How are you so quick to critique a classic? Brian Danielson is a master in that ring. He cannot be touched right now. He is by far the best wrestler in the world right now. Not Kenny Omega, not AJ Styles, not Hangman Page, not Roman Reigns. Brian Danielson. Who could touch Brian Danielson? He has the perfect mix of character, intensity, in-ring ability, veteran, been around the block. The guy looks like he's in amazing shape. He looks like he's putting on the best matches of his life right now. This is the old American Dragon, Bryan Danielson. This is not Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's dead. He died when he left the WWE. This is the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and he's been fucking killing it. Every single time he's in that ring. It don't matter who he's in that ring with, he's having the match of the night. He is the workhorse of AEW. He's only been there for about two months, and he's already had like 16 fucking matches. All bangers. Bobby Fish, banger. Dustin Rhodes, banger. Kenny Omega, banger. Hangman Page, banger. The guy literally is the best wrestler in the world. Him and Hangman Page put on a great match. And, you know, shouts to Hangman Page for, like, being able to stick with Brian Danielson in 60 minutes. It was a great fucking matchup, y'all. It is announced that next week we will have the big three-way match. Well, three-way, what the fuck? The big six-man tag match. It will be MJF and FTR teaming up against CM Punk, Sting, and Darby Allin. That should be a phenomenal, phenomenal matchup. And I believe we have one more after this week's AEW. We have one more AEW Dynamite on TNT before the new year. And then we go to the TBS era. Should be really interesting. But I know AEW's trying to end this with a bang. And next week's matchup, that six-man tag, that is a big matchup. That's probably CM Punk's biggest match so far in AEW. Think about the star power in there. Who would ever thought that they'd see CM Punk teaming with Sting? You add in the charismatic Darby Allen going against the top heel in the business and the top tag team in the business. Like that is a banger. So I'm really excited right now. AEW is shooting on all cylinders and I, I'm a fan of everything they're doing right now. Um well I, I wouldn't say everything. It's some shit that it's like You know, Rampage... They book Rampage like, that shit don't matter. Like, it's hard to get into Rampage, because that shit don't matter. They had one matchup that was an eight-man tag, and then right after, they had a ten-man tag. Like, dude, you're just booking shit to book it. Rampage started out hot. Rampage started out with that big Impact Wrestling title match between Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. Then the next week, you had CM Punk make his debut... Ever since then, it kind of tapered off. And the ratings show it. The ratings are not there for Rampage. The ratings are abysmal. And they're getting worse. So, I would like to see AEW give Rampage a little bit more to love. Book a storyline on Rampage. Don't just throw together these matches. Don't just throw, hey, we got 20 guys. Let's fucking put them all in one match. Like, "Eh, come on. Because at the end of the day, it's like if if you don't care to book it, the fans are going to notice that. These random matches got to stop. It's my biggest critique with AEW the randomness. It's a lot of random shit. Stop the randomness. Let's have some fucking shit that makes sense. Let's build to things. It's too much randomness. And Rampage is like the king of randomness. You know you're always going to get two guy matches, one girl match. You know it's always going to be multi-man tag matches that have no, you know, specific meaning. Like, I I know that the best friends are feuding with the uh, elite. It's like, yo, you couldn't give us like fucking like Trent versus Bobby Fish or something. You had to give us like everybody versus everybody. Like, if you blow your load too fucking quick, then where are you going to go? You know what I mean? I mean, unless you go around too. But if you fucking blow your load, where are you going to go? Ew. Anyway. It is Monday. It is time for the return of the fight for Monday night. With a twist. I will explain it right now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fight for Monday Night, where we used to talk about Raw versus Nitro and talk about reliving the Monday Night War. Now, I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off. I'm probably going to make a lot of people really upset. But guess what? At the end of the day, this show belongs to me, not you. I fucking hate WCW. This shit's boring as fuck. I don't want to watch it anymore, so this show would now just be covering the history of Monday Night Raw. So I might change the name of it, I might go Raw, I don't know. But this episode, we're going to be talking about the June 10th, 1996 episode of Monday Night Raw. I started the June 10th, 1996 episode of Monday Night Show, and I hated it so bad, and I hated every episode before that, so badly, that I just said, fuck it, I don't want to watch this shit anymore, I would rather just watch Raw, because Raw ended up being the winners of the shit anyway, so why not talk about the fucking winners? Why waste time on the losers of the fucking war? When I could just spend time on the winners of the war. To be honest, I wasn't a fan when I was a fucking child watching WCW. I'm not a fucking fan now watching it. All right, I don't care about Flair versus Steve Mongo McMichael's that fucking fall brawl. Fuck that. I don't care about Buff Bagwell, or I don't give a fuck about the Disco Inferno. You know what I mean? No, no, no disrespect to Disco. I mean, I, I know Conan keeping them 100. They watched the, they listen to the podcast, so. My bad. But your fucking stupid ass song, I can do it out. Fuck that shit. Disco fever. Fuck that. I'm sick of that shit. I'm sick of the fucking American males coming out. American males. Yo, that shit's so fucking southern and stupid. I fucking hate it. All right? I'm a fucking New Yorker. I fucking watched Raw because that shit was in New York. That shit is my territory. All right? I tried to get into the fucking WCW. They had a good couple weeks. You know what I mean? Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. Dean Malenko. But guess what? They all leave to the WWE because the fucking WCW never did shit with them. So why would I even waste my time? And we haven't fucking seen them for a fucking long ass time anyway on this show. We've just seen a bunch of Lex Luger versus the Giant. Urgh. We see a lot of the Nasty Boys versus the Public Enemy. And the public enemy fucking had their boss cut off. They were neutered after they left ECW and joined this fucking stupid-ass company where he literally signed ultra-violent tag teams and tell them you can't use weapons and then expose them live on the air because they can't fucking wrestle. And I'm not disrespecting the dead. God rest the souls of Rocco Rock and Johnny Grudge, but they got exposed on WCW television. I don't give a fuck about Hulk Hogan and his fucking Pasta brother. I don't care about WCW and NWO because the shit, look, it is not worth me watching two hours a week and falling asleep to fucking cover it for this show. I love all my listeners, but I doubt my listeners fucking listen to hear me talk about Pasta and Hulk Hogan. Alright, this is stupid. I don't give a fuck about Ric Flair trying to woo Miss Elizabeth and Miss Elizabeth's like, I'm taking all of Randy Savage's money and then throwing coffee. Yo, there was literally a time where three episodes ended in a row with Miss Elizabeth throwing coffee in the face of fucking Randy Savage. What the fuck am I watching and why am I wasting my time? The WWE also fucking sucks, but at least they won the fucking war, so I know it's going to get a little better. The WCW doesn't get better. They get better for a year. They get better when the NWO comes. And then it's downhill from there. They become shit again. So I'm going to fucking be on this roller coaster ride of like, oh wait, this is great. I really enjoy it. Too. This is garbage again. Because fucking Vince Russo booked this shit to a fucking bullshit ass company. And by the way, Vince Russo, thanks for doing the podcast. I appreciate you. You know what I mean? I appreciate you coming on. You were a great guest. But you killed WCW. No, you didn't kill it. You didn't kill it. I'm I'm just fucking with you. You didn't kill it. WCW was way dead before you even fucking got there. You tried to pump life into the fucking lifeless body. And that shit flatlined way before you got there. You were the emergency. In the emergency room. The emergency uh, doctors that came in there with the little, you know, the the clear. And that shit didn't fucking work. WCW was dead before you got there, Vince Russo. So don't hate me. I hope you come back on the show. I love you. Anyway. That's why I'm not covering WCW anymore. That's why you will not hear me talk about WCW again. It's a further notice. I might change my mind. I might skip a couple years. Because this shit's garbage in 96. Early 96. I know we get Hogan turning bad. I know you got people going to be like, Wait, what about when Hogan turned heel? And we got the NWO. If you don't, if you want to hear about the NWO, you don't got to fucking hear it from me. This story's been... Fucking told into the fucking ground. Go on Peacock. Watch the NWO documentary then. I don't feel like I have to cover it and sit through two hours of bullshit just to cover the NWO. Which, by the way, becomes a fucking whack-ass faction any fucking way. Oversaturated. Like, uh, why? Why? And I'm not shitting on history. I understand the history. I understand the, the, the fucking history that WCW made and played out it's just not for me I could respect Garth Brooks for his hard work but I fucking hate country music so I'm not gonna fucking listen to it alright that don't mean I don't respect Garth Brooks I just don't fucking like your music okay I respect that you work hard anyway let's talk about Monday Night Raw June 10th 1996 show starts out with Yokozuna versus Owen Hart pretty good matchup you know Owen Hart gets the victory here. Yokozuna looks distraught. Distraught. Upset. That's what that means, by the way. If you don't know what distraught means, it means he looks upset. By the way, rest in peace, Owen. Rest in peace, Yoko. Big fan of both. Next, we got commentary by Jake the Snake Roberts for Skip versus Mark Miro for the uh, King of the Ring qualifier match. Mark Miro gets the victory. Uh, after the match, we got comments by Yokozuna, who's still in deep distress after losing to his former tag team partner Owen Hart. He says that he has to go find himself. He says that I'll be back when I find myself, brother. And you know, it's funny how they brought him in as a jap uh, as a Japanese. I meant to say as a Japanese sumo wrestler. They brought him in as a Japanese sumo, but the guy is obviously Samoan. and they had him come in as a Japanese guy. But then here, when they had him talk, this is like the first time I hear Yokozuna talk in a promo. He clearly sounds Samoan. Brother. I don't think I got what it takes, brother. I'll be back when I find myself, brother. You know, you can't play that, oh, he's Japanese shit. No, he's not. He's fucking Samoan. He's part of the Samoan family. His cousins to The Rock. His cousins to Rikishi. Cousins to Roman Reigns. Anyway, then we get the infamous, infamous, infamous storyline and segment between Jerry the King Lawler and the Ultimate Warrior, where Jerry the King Lawler tries to present Ultimate Warrior with a painting. I'm sure you all seen this. Ultimate Warrior comes out looking stupid with his hat. No disrespect to the dead. Once again, shouts to
1: the Ultimate Warrior.
2: Anyway, so he comes out. He's wearing a baseball cap. We all know why. It's because he's about to get hit over the fucking head with a fucking painting with glass. Story goes that he did not want to get hurt and he didn't want to get cut from the painting. And I think they like gimmicked the glass or something. And Jerry the King Lawler was going to hit him with the other side. So the glass shatters but never hits him. And Ultimate Warrior didn't trust Jerry the King Lawler. So Jerry the King Lawler found Ultimate Warrior to be hard to work with. He wouldn't be the last one. He's probably, he's definitely not the first one to find Ultimate Warrior to be hard to work with. Also, you know, shots to Jerry the King Lawler's, you know, painting. That shit was pretty nice fucking could fucking paint like when he when he's not you know trying to pick up little girls at the fucking recess yard he, he, he can fucking paint you know what i mean was that a little too much was that a little too much Talk about jerry the king while we're talking you know what everyone knows it's true everyone knows the stories everyone knows that he likes them really young sometimes a little too young you know what i mean but anyway <laughs> yo i'm gonna get thrown off the fucking air Anyway, yo, no disrespect to Jay the King Lawler. WWE, if you want to give me a deal and then hear this podcast. I'm just fucking around. Anyway, Lawler smashes Ultra War over the head. Main event time. We got the Undertaker versus the British Bulldog. Once again, another rest in peace. Rest in peace, the British Bulldog. Yo, think about how many fucking people passed away on this show. Owen Hart, rest in peace. Yokozuna, rest in peace. Skip, a.k.a. Chris Candido, rest in peace. Ultimate Warrior, rest in peace. British Bulldog, rest in peace. Paul Bearer, rest in peace. Yo, this is sad. This was only 1996. A lot of these guys are young. It's 2021, about to go into 2022. 26 years later. And literally, more than 90% of this, on this show, has, ah, more than 90% of this show, is wrestlers who are no longer with us. Insane, really sad. Anyway, Brisbane that Brisbane dog wins the match by countout when Mankind attacks the Undertaker. This leads to the big feud, the legendary feud between Mankind and the Undertaker. Should be really interesting to see where it goes from here. We're heading towards you know the the separation of Undertaker and Paul Bear. We're heading towards the buried alive match, the boiler room match. Should be really cool. But that was raw. It was a quick little Raw. It was fun. You know, these Raw's are short, so starting next week, I may do more than one Raw until we get to the two-hour Raw's. But I enjoyed it. It was damn sure better than the WCW that I decided not to cover on the show that I turned off halfway because it was just a pure shit. Anyway, I hope everyone enjoys their day. I hope everyone tunes in to Monday Night Raw tonight. I will be discussing it this Wednesday. Have a great week. Don't get stressed out because it's the holidays, all right? The holidays is for family and just coming together and having love and peace and health, all right? Don't get stressed out trying to buy everyone a gift and fucking going broke, you know what I mean? Enjoy your holidays. Remember why we have holidays. It's not for fucking commercial reasons, all right? Anyway, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, On TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, On Twitter at W underscore Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm going to catch you all on Wednesday. I love you guys. Peace out. And fucking don't take me serious, all right? Don't don't fucking be like, oh, he's shitted all over Jerry the King Waller. You know what I mean? Sorry. Don't be like, oh, he doesn't respect the, the NWO. Sorry. All right? You know what I mean? Don't take me too serious. All right? Just because my opinions are my opinions. Don't 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 go canceling me now. Okay? Bye.